Bob Harrington from Duke University. I'm here at the ACC 2009 in Orlando with two friends and colleagues, Sanjay Call from Los Angeles, Harlan uh, Krumholz from Yale. And we're going to spend a few minutes talking about some of the new information coming out of the syntax trial at, this, uh, at these meetings. We'll talk maybe a little bit about the overall trial results and then talk about the quality of life and cost data that were presented here this week. Sanjay, let's talk a little bit first about syntax. Randomized comparison of uh, bypass surgery versus PCI, predominantly with drug-eluting stents, in patients with multivessel disease or left main disease. Data presented in the New England Journal a couple months ago. Superiority of cabbage over, um, over PCI, largely driven by the high syntax score patients, so the more complicated anatomic group of patients. But that's not necessarily how the community, particularly the interventional community, has interpreted the trial. You want to weigh in? Well, yeah, uh, the PCI enthusiasts uh, see this as a win for PCI, and uh, such unbridled enthusiasm kind of reminds me of the Joe Biden and Sarah Palin debate. Uh, Biden clearly won in points, and yet Palin declared uh, victory because uh, she performed better than expectations. And you're a trialist. The randomized clinical trial are done to compare interventions against each other, not against expectations. So uh, clearly it's been, uh, it's, it's been spun. Um, I, I think what is the more interesting observation is that they have taken a subgroup of left main uh, disease from uh, the, the multivessel disease cohort and looked at the single, uh, the isolated left main and uh, the left main with one vessel disease and shown that the, the, the outcomes favor PCI. And um, they have interpreted that to be a, a evidence, a strong evidence in favor of PCI. And my point to that is that when you don't win on the primary endpoint, uh, there's no point in doing a subgroup of a subgroup analysis. Well, there's no, there's no problem with doing the analysis. It's how you... Interpret it. How you put it forward. If you want to say that we did this, we've generated a hypothesis... Right. You, you don't have a problem with that. Absolutely okay. not. So in this setting, uh, even if it is pre-specified and if it's not powered, the overall treatment effect is the most reliable estimate of a subgroup. I think we'd agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. And, I like the trial because, you know, I don't think it's a slam dunk to say what people need to do. It's about providing more information and making that informed choice. Really, I'd be shared decision making. And what we need to do is provide our patients with the information about what might be the relative mortality benefits and, and what might be the cost that is the burden for them to go through it. I wonder, though, <clears throat> whether or not we should be more often allowing our patients to talk to surgeons before the final decision is made about what they should undergo. Because this study is making me think that patients deserve the opportunity to know about the surgical option. By the way, they also need to know about the medical option. Right. And too often, I think, they're sort of being shunted down a certain pathway where they end up with, with PCI. And, and we need to be thoughtful about how do we make sure that they understand all the options with their pros I can tell you, this cons. changed practice at our place. Did it really? Did at our place, we, we were traditionally a fairly conservative lab that did the diagnostic cath, took them off the table, talked about them. Hmm. But we then moved to the strategy of ad hoc. And I think when you're in an ad hoc mode set, it's the interventionalist, you know, the man with the hammer, who then decides that they need to be stented. We see trials like Syntax or the Latke um, systematic overview that was in The Lancet. And now we say, you know, 
it's not so clear. There are some advantages to bypass surgery. There's some trade-offs too, the, right. the, the mediastinal complications, et cetera, the strokes perhaps that we saw in syntax. The patients deserve to come off the table when they have complex disease. And what I tell our fellows, I said, look, if this is straightforward mid-vessel PCI, we'll go ahead and do it ad hoc. If this is multi-vessel disease, left main disease, we need to take this patient off the table, bring them back, talk to their family, get a surgeon involved, and have some informed decision making. I don't think that anything, I think anything less than that is just not appropriate. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, because you all know it can happen where someone's on the table, you say, you know, I can fix this for you right now. And that's the key word, isn't <laughs> it, or, fix or, it. Or, or I can fix it with cracking open your chest. <laughs> I, I think the key point from the syntax is this multidisciplinary approach to therapeutic decision making, and I think that's very key. As far as guidelines are concerned, there is an evidence vacuum for left main uh, stenting. It's a class three indication, and I haven't seen any uh, uh, randomized clinical trial evidence uh, to warrant a change in the guidelines. But there's more to medicine than uh, the evidence or the guidelines. The art of medicine, I believe, dictates what I call a horses for courses approach. If you have a favorable uh, lesion that can be uh, intervened by PCI and the patient is unwilling or is, not, is a poor candidate, even though bypass surgery should be considered first, but I think a PCI is a reasonable Well, that's option. entering the patient values and preferences. Right, exactly. and that's a legitimate conversation. Right, yes. And I suspect you'd also agree, or maybe I'll ask you, Harlan, that there need to be some folks pushing the envelope. I mean, we need some people doing left main angioplasty in a controlled way where they're, they're telling their patients that this is an innovative approach. They're offering them options, and they're reporting on it. Well, yeah, I mean, the way I think about that is we need people who are gaining the experience so that for the appropriate patients, they can actually decide for themselves whether they want to take the risks associated with it for the potential benefit. And honestly, if I'm in the position, I don't know. You know, I might, I might want to gamble that this is going to end up, anytime you're making these decisions, you actually don't know for you what's going to, what's going to happen. You're trying to stack the odds in your favor and align them with your preferences, values, and goals as a patient. And we need to respect that, like you're saying. And we do need places that are, are pushing the envelope, but not doing it on their own, like pulling the patients along, but doing it as an option right. in, a, in a sort of portfolio of different strategies that you, could you, be go following. I, I couldn't agree with you. You don't want to stifle innovation, but you want to prudently constrain it in a controlled environment. And you want it done with people who are taking it, doing it in the right, proper way. That is, they're getting the experience, they're learning from the experience, they're writing about it there, then disseminating it to others as it becomes mature. The, the, I know sometimes I've heard the cowboy approach where someone's just going to go in and do something. No. It's not what we want. No, we, we want people, and I think your, your point about they need to be recording what they do, aggregating it, and reporting it to the community so that we can all learn exactly. from it and then exactly. decide, you know, is this the way we want to go? Is there a hypothesis here that warrants being tested? The hot issue right now amongst the interventionists is whether the guidelines should change. I fundamentally believe that guidelines are always written for the least common denominator. Okay, the weakest uh, link in a chain can break the chain. And so unlike uh, bypass surgery, which a, any general cardiothoracic surgeon is expected to perform well, uh, left main intervention requires uh, extreme degree of skill and expertise. You can write the guidelines in that way and say that, look, this is a 2A or 2B in centers that are specializing on it. I mean, I just wouldn't want to say that you, you, that you're always going to... You can put some qualifiers. It's no, qualifiers it's no different than the primary PCI qualifiers yes. where we've said, if you're going to be out there on your own doing primary PCI because there's no other option for ST elevation, you better be 
coming from a place that regularly does high volume, that does a certain number of uh, these I think that's the key point I'm trying to make is that uh, you really have to pick and choose your intervention selectively. Now, we are very fortunate that we have one of the most uh, highly skilled uh, interventional team uh, with experience that left me, probably one of the largest in the country, Dr. McCarr and Dr. Carr. Was that so, an advertisement? No, it's not, <laughs> but I, I, that's what I mean, and it's very key. That with surgery, you know, I mean, you, well, whoever your surgeon is, you're going to do that. Good thing Tim Gardner already left because he <laughs> might disagree with you. We, we, we could talk about this for a good period of time. I think just a brief discussion on revascularization has been worthwhile. You guys have pointed out some of the, uh, the issues with syntax. A terrific trial. I give the, uh, the investigators credit. Not easy credit. to do. Not, Not easy, easy to do. Easy to do. And, uh, and they deserve credit. The, the, the last one, maybe we can talk about this next meeting. Barry 2D, I heard yesterday, is being reported at uh, the diabetes meeting in, uh, in June. So we'll have Looking some more data about revascularization versus medical therapy. Yeah. And we have two more trials. Uh, then we have freedom after that. Freedom. So we're going to have yeah. a lot of information yeah. to talk about. I'll get the two of you back and we'll talk <laughs> about revascularization. Sounds great. So thanks for joining us. It's been a good discussion on some of the new data coming out of the revascularization world. We hope you enjoyed it, and uh, stay tuned for, uh, for more trial data coming over the next few months.